Have you ever wondered why exactly it is that things usually sound better at home than they do on stage, in auditions, or even in lessons? It's easy to chalk it up to nerves or assume that you just have to practice more or get more performance experience. And sure, those things certainly are part of the puzzle, but a lot of times that's not really the true root cause. If you've been confused by the inconsistency of your performances, I put together a free four-minute quiz called the Mental Skills Audit, which will help you pinpoint your mental strengths and weaknesses and figure out what exactly to adjust and tweak in your preparation for more consistently optimal performances. You can take the Mental Skills Audit online at bulletproofmusician.com MSA. That's MSA for Mental Skills Audit. And again, it's 100% free, and it'll take just four minutes to get your results emailed to you as a PDF. This is Noah Kageyama, and you're listening to the Bulletproof Musician Podcast. Every Sunday morning, we'll take a look at a new research-based tip or technique to help you practice more effectively or perform better under pressure. And on the first Sunday of every month, I'll have a guest from the music, sport, or research world who will share their insights on how we can all be a little more awesome in the practice room and on stage. Even more than January 1st, the start of a new school year was the time of year when I'd make big plans for how it's going to change in some meaningful way, how I was going to practice more diligently, or take better notes in class, or go for more walks in the park, or eat a hearty salad once a week instead of a dozen two-for-one tacos on Taco Tuesday. As you can probably guess, things usually didn't go as planned. I'd often lose the motivation, get sidetracked with other things, or a friend would discover that mixing Sanka with the cafeteria's vanilla soft serve was awesome, and my plans would go out the window. And while it's true that we don't want to be dependent on motivation alone to achieve our goals, it wouldn't be such a bad thing if there was an easy way to boost our motivation a bit, no? So is there a way to amplify our motivation and make ourselves more likely to take action and do the things that would get us closer to achieving our goals for the coming year? Well, there are a lot of approaches to tweaking motivation, of course, but there's one that caught my eye the other day, because it aims to target our emotions rather than our logic. Because sure, there are a ton of very logical reasons why I should not eat a dozen tacos, and very few in favor. But at the end of the day, have you noticed how it's often emotion that wins out? So how would you target your emotions exactly? Well, the idea for this strategy came from the observation that people who are depressed appear to have difficulty imagining positive future events, which in turn seems to coincide with a tendency to withdraw and participate in fewer activities that might otherwise help to improve their mood. So in a 2017 study, researchers were curious to see what might happen if depressed individuals deliberately imagined positive future scenarios. Simple everyday scenarios like You have organized to go for a morning run with a friend, but wake up feeling sluggish and tired. You decide to go anyway, and as you begin, you start to feel exhilarated and full of energy. So would they be more likely to do things like this in real life? The short answer is yes. Participants who practiced imagining positive future events did tend to engage in more activities on a day-to-day basis than those who didn't. So then the researchers wondered, Could imagery be used as a motivation amplifier, perhaps? And not just for those with depression, but everyone? 
An international team of researchers recruited 72 people and randomly assigned them to one of three groups, an imagery group, a reminder group, and a control group. They were all asked to identify six activities that they'd like to do in the coming week. Three were to be enjoyable activities, as in the sort of thing that they know they'd enjoy but often don't get around to, like doing a crossword puzzle or reading before bed. And the other three were to be more routine activities, things that they know they'd find rewarding but tend to put off, like weeding the garden, giving the dog a bath, or cleaning out the closet. Participants then scheduled these activities, not only identifying what they would do, like cleaning out the bedroom closet, but where and when they would do it, Sunday morning after breakfast. The reminder and control groups were free to go at this point, but the researchers ran the imagery group through some imagery exercises for each activity that they scheduled, specifically some guided imagery of doing each activity in the first person, where not only did the activity end positively, but they were also asked to focus on the most positive aspects of the experience while visualizing themselves doing it, as well as the most powerful and motivating part of the image. During the next week, the imagery and reminder groups both received two text messages each day, reminding them of their planned activities. The reminder group just got a simple text reminder, but the imagery group not only got a reminder of the upcoming activity, but also a reminder to imagine the most powerful and motivating part of their image as vividly as possible in advance of the activity. The control group got nothing. So, did imagery make any difference? Well, basically, yes. The results weren't quite as definitive as I would have liked to have seen, and there were some important nuances and other details that we won't get into here. But at the end of the day, my main takeaway is that yes, it does seem that there could be something to this imagery as motivation amplifier theory. Because the participants who visualize themselves engaging in activities before doing them, and imagine them ending positively, did take part in more of their planned activities than the participants who were given reminders but did no visualization in advance. So how could one experiment with this? Well, try identifying a few things that you'd like to do this week that you might enjoy or at least find rewarding, like meeting up with a friend to go for a run, or taking your dog for an awe walk in the park nearby instead of just around the block a few times or doing some score study, or looking up the meaning of all those Italian words in the music that you've been putting off, or reading up on the composer's life to learn more about the context in which the piece was written. Then take a moment to visualize yourself engaging in these activities, seeing yourself getting a lot out of it, things ending well, and imagining how good you'll feel afterwards. And take a couple seconds each day to visualize these scenarios once again. Just make sure that your images are focused on the most positive aspects of these activities, and not the parts that feel more negative. Because there is reason to think that this could potentially work in the other direction and make you less likely to take action too, if you imagine things playing out in a negative way. A 2016 study, for instance, found that people who anticipated regretting a particular action were less likely to follow through. On a related note, one of the things that helped me the most with increasing my motivation to practice was developing a stronger sense of self-efficacy around practicing, where instead of just putting in more time and hoping that things would magically come together someday, I began to see that there were specific changes one could make to practicing that lead to tangible improvements from one moment to the next and one day to the next, improvements that also transferred reliably to performance. 
If you've always wondered why it's so hard to play like yourself on stage, I'd love to explain why that is. And no, it's not because you need to add an extra practice to practice, practice, practice. I'd also like to share with you a few of the most essential strategies and mental skills that I believe can make the biggest difference in narrowing the gap between practice and performance. To that end, I'll be teaching a live online four week class for students and lifelong learners this coming October. Registration begins next week, and you can find out all the cool things you'll learn and check out dates and times at bulletproofmusician.comslash learners. You can find links to this week's study and other resources at bulletproofmusician.com slash blog. And if you found the episode helpful, please share it with a friend or practice buddy who you think might also enjoy experimenting with this during the coming week. 